Moving Iron Podcast is proud to be part of the Global Ag Network. The network is live, so check out globalagnetwork.com for more details and updates. Now on to the show. Moving Iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving Iron time and time again. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast Markets with Chip Nellinger. Chip, how are you doing this morning? Uh, real well. How are you doing, Casey? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. Sitting out here looking at the uh, at the mountains from my, uh, my rental cabin here in Montana, so you can't beat that. Very nice. Awesome. All right, man. So markets have just kind of been all over the place. There's still several camps out there that still think we're going to raise the exact same amount of corn that we did last year. Others believe that it's going to be, I've heard 130 and I've heard 150. So um, it's on all over the board. And I guess it depends on what they read that day as to what the, uh, what the markets decide to do. So I guess what, what's your thought on that? And, and how do you, uh, how do you see the market respond to that? I mean, we've been up, we've been down, it's been all over the place. Yeah, a lot of volatility. We've seen more volatility in corn prices uh, here recently than we've had in several years. So uh, where, you know, much of the last winter and, and uh, early spring saw daily ranges of three cents, three and a half cents. Now you're seeing, you know, daily ranges of, uh, uh, you know, 12, 15, 18 cents. So a lot of volatility. It's kind of broken down into, into two camps. On the one side, you have uh, latest planted uh, corn crop in history, so uh, likely no way we're going to be a trend line. Uh, millions of acres of prevent plant that still we don't know the amount and won't for several months because of the way the USDA uh, releases that data. So on the one hand, you have people thinking that there's uh, supply side is way less than uh, a year ago and, uh, and and very friendly to prices. On the other side, you have people saying it doesn't matter what supply is, we're not selling any, demand sucks. Um, and this thing has nowhere to go but lower. And because, you know, it doesn't matter if we raise 150 bushel crop, we're not selling it, we're not using it, and uh, we've got enough supply. So the battle's on, and you're seeing these big, big ranges. Um, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the month, uh, on June, last day of June, we saw the acreage report. That was uh, just a total... Um, yeah, I don't know what the word is. Uh, it, it definitely didn't answer any questions. Uh, it caused more questions. Uh, we, we, it's going to take several months to figure this acreage thing out. And in the meantime, you're left to uh, battle out on a daily basis. You know, what's, what's the crop doing? We did see crop conditions improve 1% in corn. Um, sunshine has warmed up. There's actually, believe it or not, there's pockets uh, of the eastern corn belt especially that are now on the dry side. They're, uh, you know, over the last 10 days, trending below average uh, a precip. And the last thing you need on a crop that got mudded in on uh, June 10th is for the rain to shut off. So a little bit of everything out there, which is logical, right? I mean, we have uh, uh, states wide in the Eastern Corn Belt that had, you know, 100% of their rainfall, their annual rainfall in 60 days. So Mother Nature tends to average things out a little bit in the end result. So it's not um, not a surprise that there's some areas that uh, the rain shut off a little bit. So still have weather in this. We've got a long growing season ahead of us. Um, crop development is way behind. 
and uh, the the battle's on. You know, from how big a supply are we going to raise, and and how big is the demand going to be in the end result, and what's the balancing act there? So it's going to likely take several months to figure that out. Um, being the same type situation, probably second or third latest plant of bean crop ever. Um, got a crop report Thursday. We're going to get updates on yield, acres, demand, carry out, world numbers. Hard to believe that they won't cut bean yields a little bit, given the um, you know the late planting and the the late development of this crop. We're way behind on um, you know the the development of both corn and beans. And it's kind of a race to uh, the finish line now as to when the first frost is going to be. And can we get uh, a lot of acres in the eastern Corn Belt and particularly the northern portions of the eastern Corn Belt? Can we get those um, you know, to, to, to the finish line ahead of the normal first frost? So still got a lot of um, volatility and growing season ahead of us. But right now we're kind of at the, the battlegrounds uh, and, and maybe have gone – high enough for the time being in corn going to slop around a little bit here make it hard on uh on on everyone if you think it's going up it's not going to be an easy ride if you think it's going down it's not going to be an easy ride and uh, keep the pressure on here for a little while but thursday may tell us a little bit more of the story still a question as to what the usda is going to do remember back in uh, on the june report they took the march acreage number which was uh 92.7 they took three million acres off of that then we had the june acreage report which some people are arguing included prevent plant acres. I can't logically understand how that includes a bunch of prevent plant. Will they use that number, which is ninety one point seven, and take three million off? You know, we'll, we'll know uh, we'll know Thursday. So you could see some real fireworks and some real market volatility after that report Thursday morning. Yep. All right. So U.S. and China have met here. Uh, they've kind of agreed to disagree and not each other in the eye anymore so um i guess I, I haven't really noticed the market really even paid any attention to that is that kind of a fair statement i think it's a fair statement because it's been uh, stopped and started so many times and we've had tweets about what a great deal we're going to have and china's you know going to buy all our uh, ag products and you know here we are uh, 18 months later with no agreement so right. yeah i think it's like the boy who cried wolf now um we'll believe it when we see it type of a thing. So uh, supposedly we're going, they are talking uh, via teleconference, but we'll see. I don't think there's a lot of hope that uh, anything's going to get, uh, get done, which is the way it's going to be. It'll just be a snap surprise agreement, And, um, and then it will affect the market, which will be wildly volatile. But unfortunately that's just the way it is after so many stops and starts on this thing for the last 18 months. Yep, it's been crazy back and forth. I right, just talk about the cattle market here for a little bit, and we see what's happening there. Um, again, a lot of volatility that we see happening there back and forth. Um, we're in that kind of peak grilling season now, so you would think that there'd be some some uh, some play there. But um, I guess talk about what you see happening in the cattle market, and, and where do you see it headed here in the next uh, next seven days or so? Yeah, we've been kind of uh, having our fingers crossed for a seasonal bottom. Like you said, it's been a little bit late start to, to spring in the grilling season. So the seasonals are a little bit off here. So uh, because it was such a, a wet, cool, late start to spring, uh, the cattle market tried to rally a little bit towards the end of last week, um, tried to rally yesterday at a horrible close, uh, just puked into the close yesterday. 
closed down 80 or 90 um, in the front month. The, the biggest issue with the cattle complex is feeder cattle. Uh, obviously, with those corn, that's what, uh, just, you know, two, three bucks lower every day. It's, uh, it's hard for the live cattle to do much. So I do think you're at a point where uh, you're fair value, especially on these deferred uh, live cattle, the October, the December um, cash markets have come down, but, you know, they're still at a premium to, uh, to futures. So I'm hopeful that we can see some, uh, some better things into July and August. Um, probably not a huge rally, but I think we can rally some. Uh, you did have a commitment to traders report out yesterday, which shows where the funds are. They're at a 12-month low in long positions uh, in live cattle. They're, I believe, at a record short position in feeder cattle. And so you would think that, um, <clears throat> at least on the aggressive sell side, that the funds won't be as big a players as they have been over the last six weeks to depress these, uh, these price levels. And if you can get some better cash markets, we just need higher cash. If you could see higher cash for uh, two consecutive weeks, I think you'd see a nice rally in live cattle. But right now, they're just kind of uh, content to go sideways and, and chop around here uh, a little bit, which isn't the end of the world. We got to kind of build a base. And, you know, if we can go sideways here for a couple of weeks, uh, make a case that, you know, that seasonal low is in place, we might have a better chance for a rally. Hogs are real, uh, a real head scratcher. You know, we've got the African swine fever issue. We've had uh, weeks here in the past where China continues to take U.S. pork. We've had stories out that, um, you know, the situation on the ground in China is actually worse than what they reported. Maybe up to half their uh, total uh, sows have been liquidated. Uh, but yet it just doesn't do anything to the hog market and it goes lower every day. And again, tried to rally. We're up over a buck. Early yesterday, by the close, you know, you're just hammering this thing into new lows in the deferred. So, um, you know, I, I think um, it's a little bit of a head scratcher. You've got the issues in, in China. They continue to take, buy, and ship pork um, domestically to China, but it just doesn't seem to do much. Of course, we are expanding. We're on about the fifth year in a row of expansion domestically. So it's kind of like the argument in corn. You know, we've got a big enough supply that – so far, the market doesn't seem to uh, to care much about the Chinese purchases. So a little bit of a head scratcher in hogs, especially like you said, this is prime grilling time, prime demand time. You expect normally, uh, you know, 85, 90% of the, uh, of the, the years past, you rally into July and August in hogs and we're making lows in here. So yeah. the whole seasonality of the livestock markets are really, especially hogs are kind of thrown off right now. Absolutely. All right. Though, let's talk about wheat for a minute. So the uh, custom wheat run is making its way um, north. It's, uh, you know, Kansas and um, making its way up and probably to uh, eastern Colorado now and uh, moving its way north into Nebraska. So as you take a look at the wheat, wheat is one of those ones I, I, I like to watch because it's it's one week. It's the it's the uh, the commodity that carries the market. And then the next week, it's the it's the yeah drags it down so it's kind of all over the place and this year is no different than that um in the last couple of days i've watched it kind of kind of take a kick in the pants here but from the reports that i hear it sounds like the, there there's some bushels are out there but they're really worried about the proteins that 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 are coming out of that wheat so um might not be the best quality wheat that we cut this year so uh as you take a look at the wheat market what do you see some of the big um draws there and, and some of the some of the plays you see coming up 
Yeah, so wheat's uh, been more of a follower here recently. You you are um, you know over a dollar off the lows from a few months ago, but it's uh, it's really hard to rally during harvest. So I think we're right uh, approaching fifty percent. I think we we're forty seven percent harvested uh, yesterday on the uh, harvest progress report. Uh, kind of no news is good news, right? You don't hear a whole lot, which means yields uh, usually are pretty good. I think there are some quality issues, like you said. Uh, some protein issues. A lot of times that becomes more of a spread play between Chicago and Kansas City. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think wheat's more of a follower. The chart looks to me like um, it's a little bit top heavy. Um, there's still some carry in, in this market. So I think producers have to kind of take a look at where we're at. Um, you know, generally speaking out this way, especially, which we don't matter in the big picture on wheat, uh, basis is pretty good. And, um, you know, I think producers have to take a look at, you know, where we're at right now, where their yields are, maybe take a look at protecting some of this wheat, especially uh, if you're going to store wheat, they're still carrying the market. And I don't think it's too soon to be thinking about uh, 20, um, you know, 2020 crop either out there um, and maybe getting a start on some, some hedging. So, um, you know, wheat, to, in my mind, is more of a follower in here. The funds are long now, Chicago wheat. Uh, it's the first time they've been long for a long time, like literally three years. And uh, so you have to be a little suspicious that um, once they get out of shorts and get long, it, it usually doesn't last very long. And it won't take very much bearish news, and they'll be plowing right back into some shorts. So I think it's an opportunity in the in the wheat uh, here. We're off the highs a little bit, but I still think you have to see it as, a, as an opportunity in the big picture, both this crop that we're harvesting and um, next year's crop. Right on. All right, Chip. Well, lots of stuff going on. A lot of good t reason to have a plan in place. And if folks are working on one or want you to review something they're looking at, how would you? How would they get a hold of you to have you take a look at their plan? Yeah, best way is just give us a call, 309-550-7213. Uh, we'd love to chat with you about your plan and uh, give you some advice on how we might uh, uh, be able to change that. And, and, and if you have a plan and uh, how you might go about starting one if you don't. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. Right on. All right, Chip. Well, take care of yourself, and we'll catch you again next week. All right. Stay away from the Bears out there. I'll try. I'm going to wrestle all of them. All right. See you. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast, now part of the Global Ag Network. If you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. You can also visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel and watch Market Roundup with Chip Nellinger, Sean Hackett, and Angie Setzer. Also, Tax News with Glenn Birnbaum. Please visit movingironllc.com. Here you can find information, details, and updates for the 2019 Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and globalagnetwork.com. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour. Out. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving iron.